0: Welcome to Opening the Door podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. I know I'm a day late, but better late than never, right? Today, you'll hear my friend Luke interview me. I got some feedback from people that sort of wanted to hear and learn more about me as the host and my thoughts on things, so this is what that sort of is. I did have a few technical difficulties in editing this interview. I had to cut a bunch of it because it was so echoey and I just couldn't edit the echoes out and it was not fun to listen to. So I cut that for you for your own sake. So you'll hear a little echoing in some parts. So just bear with me there. But yeah, I hope you enjoy learning a little bit more about me in this interview. I also want to say that we cover a lot of different stuff in this interview. And we talk about some really big questions about the universe, about how things work. And I just wanted to say that I do my best to sort of like answer those questions. And it's just what I think right now. The more I learn, I'm sure my opinions and understandings of things will change. None of us really know the true answer, right? So, in this interview, you're simply meeting me where I am right now in my thinking. Okay, enjoy. Hey, podcast friends, it is Haley here, just popping in because I re recorded this episode with Luke. So, originally, this episode was recorded back in December of 2022. And then, since the audio was so unbearable, we decided to re record it. So, This episode that you're hearing is a re-record, and we re-recorded this May 2023, so a few months later. So I left my original intro in there just for some context and background, but I'm just doing a little intro here to say um, that we re-recorded this episode. So it's a little bit different from the original, which I took out because... The audio was just not great so did that so you'll hear my friend Luke interview me Luke knew me we were friends in high school so he's known me for quite a while so you'll hear him talk about and he, us talk about each other's perspectives and stuff like that so I hope you enjoy
1: how okay. long do you meditate for
0: I only meditate for between 10 and 20 minutes oh, okay. I do not meditate but like, are you pretty good like about a long like time.
1: snapping into that space
0: yeah, usually I, I am some I definitely need to like calm. One thing that really has helped me is taking 10 deep breaths. Mm. Um it just like helps me <clears throat> center and like triggers that that's what I'm doing. Um then I do my grounding and stuff like that and I sort of like beforehand decide like okay, what do I want to meditate on? And um then I like just pop that's into cool. it. And sometimes yeah, stuff like that pops up or sometimes I'll do it purposefully to like chat with guides or like guide yeah. people through. So
1: I actually couple weekends ago mid-April went to a Buddhist monastery in West Virginia and they had a silent retreat for the weekend oh cool i never done before whoa like, how was Buddhist. it well it's funny when we signed up for it I did it with two of my buddies I didn't know it was a silent retreat at first I was just like oh my one friend's been to this Buddhist monastery before it sounds really cool uh, I'd love to go and like talk to people and, yeah. and get to know the culture and then in an email communication I was like this is a silent retreat because I've never been quiet for three days in my life. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh, me too.
1: So that was that was definitely jarring. It was really weird being around a group of like fifty people, but not being able to communicate with anyone. And and because you can't, you don't. I don't even. Really, I didn't look at people. Like I didn't. Because why would I make eye contact yeah. with someone if I can't interact with them? That'd be super <laughs> fucked up. So that was very strange.
0: What did you feel like you got out of it? Did you feel like
1: it I definitely, you Or well, the the first like very external thing was just the sensory detox of it all like not having my phone on me all the time not checking any social medias and i feel like people say that all the time but just being able to step away from it and realize that my life was fine without it and more peaceful without it and i'm not even addicted to it like i'm not the worst and so knowing that there are people that are worse than that out there it's rough so yeah big one was trying to invite more stillness into my life in general just because kind of what we're talking about like how confused that can be and how many Not, like, mentally confused, but just cluttered with all the things that I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to really invite peace into my life and realizing that I'm just executing a lot of things that I want to do and not really, like, being present and living in the moment.
0: Yeah, that is such a huge thing, like, doing things, but, like, not being in your body for them almost, or just, like, not being, like, present and realizing that that's what you're, like, you're doing those things. Yeah, it's like I'm
1: formulating a plan for myself and executing the plan and doing all these tasks but in that, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. It's not robotic, but it just, it's, I'm not deciding. Yeah, you're not present. Moment. Yeah, i not yeah, present.
0: Like yeah, that. I think that's like a universal yeah. issue in human, especially with like phones and technology yeah. and like.
1: Well, and how much, again, if we're going to talk about capitalism, corporations are <laughs> clamoring for our attention all the time. Oh
0: my gosh, yeah. So like yeah. they're
1: literally competing to buy your attention mm-hmm, constantly. I
0: did, I read the book. Uh, Digital Minimalism, it's right down there in my bookshelf, by Cal Newport. Have you read it? Mm -hmm. You might like it. And it's kind of about, like, realizing what actual digital stuff you need in your life and what you really don't need and, like, setting boundaries around it. And it was so good to read. talks about how all these social medias, like, if you're not on for a while, you will get a notification trying to get you back on, basically. And so I did this. I was like, I'm not doing social for 30 days good for you so i i did it but i'm telling you every day my instagram was like luke david liked this photo like they try to get you back <laughs> on to that was just sure. an example they sure. didn't really do that but like they try to get you back on by like snapchat enticing you. You Yeah, like, snapchat sends me shit Snapchat's all the time i'm like oh memory. god i snapchat four people
1: blast from the past i don't want to <laughs> yeah. look back on my memories it's the same
0: photo every time i'm like i don't want to see this anywhere yeah. like, please no, stop saving you. my photos first of all i never asked you to do that
1: have you ever gone on <laughs> snapchat news Yeah, I used to read hellscape
0: I I never used to read it. Oh no, I used to read the cosmopolitan one just for fun (laughs) when I had time in college. Yeah. And and and, like I just abandoned it, obviously, because it doesn't fucking matter. No. But yeah, yeah. it's a fucking
1: hellscape. Oh, it's horrible. Like body dysmorphia through and through. Like (laughs) so it's disgusting. Like it's really the worst that we have to offer as a society. Mm. Uh, (laughs) anyway, I would like to dive. Back and get to basics of yeah. your life because I want this episode is about you and your journey to being the medium and, and psychic that you are now. And that's a long journey. And I feel mm-hmm. like where you are now is really like complex and like you're talking about the mind's eye and your spirit guides and all these things. And you've interviewed people about the Akashic records and all this really deep stuff. Yeah. But I want to hear more about the beginning of your journey getting into this stuff. So, what was the first indicator? for you in your life that there was something more going on or that you could explore out there.
0: Yeah. So like my first, Ooh, I love the way that you worded that. Like there's something more here. Cause I think like that's a really exciting feeling to have, yeah. especially like growing up. Um, like we grew up in the age of Harry Potter and just like other sort of like magical things coming to the like pop culture basically. So like to realize that there is something more that's like intangible really does feel like magic Mm -hmm. um and it can be a little scary too which like fear was like a huge part of the first third of my journey probably like the first big chunk of it like very fear-based so like my my sort of number one story that I tell is when I was walking by my parents bedroom nobody was upstairs and I saw somebody sitting on the end of their bed and I just thought what I know nobody's sitting. It was, like, a woman. I could sort of... She was kind of granular almost, but I could see her silhouette, and she was...
1: Granular, f- like faded?
0: Yeah, like... um, Like, like noisy
1: in a, in a photograph. Yeah,
0: sort of. Yes, yeah. yeah. And so I backed up and looked in, and she was gone. So...
1: And was that your first experience? That was my first experience okay. of,
0: like maybe there's something here that i can't see all the reality time. reality might be a Re- more yeah, there might be something going on here and i just remember being like okay and then just like walking away like didn't i didn't really feel afraid or anything like that and but looking back i also had like really vivid dreams as a kid hmm. and i think that like i don't know that's just your mind's eye at work in my opinion like just sort of like flexing the muscle, right? So very vivid dreams and then up through high school kind of just having like weird experiences in my bedroom like i had my guitar I tried to learn how to play the guitar, just like a note. I cannot play the guitar, um, but I did try to learn. So um, I had the guitar open and its case. And this guitar, I, I actually should know, I'm just thinking of this now, was owned by, it was my grandfather's. Um, he's alive, but like it has a lot of like family history in it. I would say like, you know. Passed
1: he, down Yeah, right.
0: So that was sitting on the floor and a single string was plucked. And I, like, that just doesn't, I don't think happens. Like, I don't think guitarists just play themselves. Right. So that was really crazy. Like, one time in my room, I woke up and there was, like, a woman's voice singing in my room. Like, yeah, like, just a lot of weird <clears throat> sort of, like, extrasensory experiences. And So,
1: so these are the experiences. What, what were your emotions that you felt when you saw these? Like, was it mm-hmm. was it immediately fear? Was it excitement? Was it just, like, trepidation? Yeah. What was in, going through your mind? Yeah,
0: so, like, in the moment when those things would happen, I would feel like, that was weird. And I would just be, like, totally calm and, like... But then, like, hours later, I would feel like, wait, what the hell was that? Why did that happen? Am yeah, I did crazy? You, did you
1: explain it away or did you rationalize it?
0: Um...
1: Like, did you confirm it as a lived experience or were you like, oh, it feels
0: it felt so real in the moment. I was like, there's no way that that's not real. But also, like, I don't want to give this too much weight because I'm afraid that I'm crazy. Yeah, because like when you grow up in like church communities or like just church in general, like the sort of the vibe is and what I heard very clearly from people was like, Never connect with spirits, never connect with anything on the other side because anything you connect with is evil. Mm-hmm. So I always had this fear like, oh my gosh, what if I'm connecting with these evil things? Yeah. And I don't really want that. So I sort of was just like, no, I'm too afraid. But yeah, in the moments, it was really real. And either like I was like surprised or just like, uh, and then I would just like go back to bed or like move on with my day. So yeah, like I guess a little both.
1: So you would kind of repress it. Like,
0: yeah, I kind of was like, uh, I just don't want to think about this because if if I if it's not real then I like something's wrong with me and I just don't want to deal with that right now so I'm just going to continue (laughs) like with my life and kind of ignore it and that's when the door was born like in my mind's eye which is why the podcast is called Opening opening the door I created this door within my mind that I was like okay I'm gonna just shut all of this out and this is the way I'm gonna do it so I'm like my really heavy steel door shut it and i would like solder it shut like like how you make stained glass like with that stuff and like sometimes i would put big chains in front of it and i was like nothing can enter and, like yeah right and so that is a psychic tool if you, you think even about have it the concept and i know no, no. Like so you I was, just doing right and way. i really do feel like my guides like helped just like drop that in they were like you're not ready whatever That's so cool. So, yeah, that's and then I would get a little bit like, oh, well, nothing's happened lately. Does that mean I don't have these like, like, does it mean this isn't happening? So I would like crack the door open and like see if anything would happen. And then, yeah, I'd, I'd start getting more activity. So I was like controlling so, the
1: flow. Wait, can I can I ask about that? So when you would crack the door And you would get more activity. What does that look like? Like I'm imagining you like peeking into this door and seeing something and then closing the door again. No, not really. I would like
0: go into my mind, not even a meditation. I would just pop in and see it and like open it up a little crack and then I would leave my mind's eye and I would just go out my day. And then that's when like at night I would get like little spirit visitors or have much more vivid dreams. Spirit visitor at night. Yeah. Just like, you know, just like seeing ghosts in your room.
1: You just thought, like casually. Okay, you're talking about that. This is like, it's a normal Yeah, yeah. I, like, I have never okay, seen Okay,
0: so like, it just was so common for me that. Yeah. But um, like,
1: not ghosts you would interact with. Just no, I would just see them
0: it. standing there. Okay. And then I would be like, okay. And then I would okay. just go back to bed.
1: Was it different ghosts or was it always the same ghost? Because I'm assuming you were probably in the same sometimes, room.
0: Sometimes, sometimes I would be able to see like a full like face or like full body. Sometimes it felt a lot more like a silhouette. Um, so, like, I could never, I was never, like, naming or putting a face to a name or anything like that. Hmm. Um, I just think it was, like, just little visitors was across it, the astral plane or something. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Was it a scary thing? Was it an exciting thing? Like, again, what were the emotions at play, or was it varied?
0: Yeah, it varied. Like, there was only one time when I was really afraid and I was like, uh, holy shit, this thing really wants bad for me. Like, it was a really bad vibe really bad really like dense energy just really like shivers up my spine like this thing wants bad for the whole world like Mm. evil yeah and there was only one time like that but most of the time i would just wake up see sometimes i would shine my flashlight on to make sure there wasn't a real person in my room and then i would just go back to bed then the next morning i would wake up and be like huh. Like, yeah maybe close the door yeah right? maybe, maybe close the door, door maybe yeah right yeah
1: <clears throat> so with that evil one did you see something or was it just a feeling
0: no it was like just like a really dark sort of like human-y type shape like head shoulders down um really tall deep black how did you like, get rid of it uh i just yelled oh fuck and then my roommate turned the light on and then that was it wow yeah and i felt really like really uh shitty the rest of the night yeah but i didn't have any tools to like clear or like even Clients help get rid of it yeah like i didn't Did even know how to do that anything? N- no. no
1: no never in the time that so this is in college now so we're fast yeah forward. we're in college now okay. yeah
0: so so this um, process
1: was that first time you saw a ghost in your house that was when i was like house. six you were six yeah so, so from this six is until like, college you kind of blocked yeah out.
0: like six to like 18 or 19 i was like uh eh. Yeah. This is just some weird stuff that's happening, like whatever. And then I like got into the <clears throat> graduated, went to the workforce, like all that stuff, and everything. Sort of like I just have I really found throughout my life that it really ebbs and flows. Yeah. And so I don't know. Like I really wasn't focused on it. I was focused on like trying to like work and save money and pay student loan, do all be in this world. Yeah. and so yeah I wasn't really focused on it and then and then I, I can't really tell you when stuff started picking up again but stuff started picking up again yeah and I mean also like I should say like through college I was kind of known in like my friend group to be like the little spooky weirdy one like everybody knew what was happening and like I would interpret my friend's dreams for them and I would like in my own head read people's energy and be like Ugh, bad vibe like sure stuff like that so like I just, it wasn't like a super secret or anything. Uh, But yeah, then stuff started picking up and I just sort of started getting this feeling around 2020 where I think a lot of people's lives changed for a lot of different reasons. I just started getting this feeling like I need to learn about this. So I started listening to podcasts and that felt like a really safe way to learn because as I said, fear basically ruled that whole first chunk of my journey. And so podcasts felt like a really safe way. I could turn it on, I could turn it off. I found people who just seemed like, they seemed just like me, you know, and they were doing this. So I learned that way. And then I just sort of started experimenting on my own, connecting with my guides on my own. And then in, I forget the year, I don't know. One of them, somebody was offering a class. And I was like, if I don't take this, if I don't try, I'm just going to be so, I like saw myself in the future, like at 50 year old, 50 years old or something, just being like, what the hell regret? Yeah. Regret. And I was like, I just can't feel that way. So I took classes and then it all evolved. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so funny. It's always interesting to me hearing about you repressing that time in your life because that was the time that I met you and knew you. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I You know, because you kind of invited me in on those experiences, and I didn't realize that you weren't telling that to, like, a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. So I've always perceived you as someone very in tune with this and, like, in touch with it. So it's funny hearing that that wasn't actually what was happening with you at that time.
0: Yeah, it is funny. And, like, I actually, I loved I remember just being so excited about your reaction when I told you. You were like, what? That's so crazy. That's so cool. Like, tell me more things. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, maybe I'm going to be okay. Like, Aww, maybe, so like – yeah, like maybe everybody won't hate me if I
1: I didn't even do know that this. was a fear of yours. Yeah,
0: for sure. Like rejection was a huge fear, especially like yeah, growing up in a church community like your family goes to church or not really, but like it's part of their religion and it's like they could just be like, "No, that's not part of like the way I think and like you are crazy and yeah, I don't like it." Yeah. So, yeah, lots of fear, lots yeah. of fear. Yeah.
1: Well, so. I, we won't talk about church community too much, but you mentioned it a couple of times. So, and I could theorize that viewers would want to know more about like your church upbringing or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you've mentioned this a couple of times. Were you like really dogmatic? Were you a part of an organization or, or was it just kind of like a community family thing that you never really identified with?
0: Yeah. Well, like our, like my family, um, like I went to church school. So as you know, and yeah, like, so I was like, it's so hard to explain, like, My family really didn't go to church on Sundays, right? But like
1: Easter, Easter,
0: Thanksgiving, Christmas, like that type of thing. And like we, like my parents never really like talked about God a lot, but we did say the Lord's Prayer before bed. And like we were, we did grow up in, and they grew up also in this like you know churchy community. And so yeah, definitely shaped. Like that's where all my fear came from because that's a lot of what I absorbed. Like I feel like I mostly absorbed the fear stuff that was like don't connect with this stuff. Don't do that. Like, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Right. And like, obviously, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into that. But I never felt like looking back on growing up within that, I never felt like, super attached to Christianity. Like I never felt super attached to God. I always found Um, like Greek gods and polytheism to be so interesting and I'm not saying I'm polytheistic but like I always found that much more interesting than Christianity and yeah I never I was just like never worried about what God was thinking of me if you like I know a lot of Christian people feel like they're always thinking about God they're talking about God everything that they do is for God and I just never really absorbed that I feel like I never really felt like that was for me and I feel like almost I want to describe it as there was like an egg around me or something like it just didn't really penetrate that much even though I yes I did take some stuff away from that like fear and like you know purity culture stuff and like some stuff like I did absorb some of it but the god stuff
1: was mostly on the outside was mostly
0: on the outside yeah like it's really hard to explain for me
1: do you feel like now in your current life Do you have anything left over from your upbringing that um, is a part of your spirituality or has affected your relationship with your spirituality now? Mm, Or is it totally devolved?
0: Well, so in college, when I was like having all that weird stuff go on, obviously, I was like, thought of myself as an atheist. I was like, I don't believe in anything Fuck all of that, like whatever. Even though and I you're really like shed it. right. yeah yeah, yes. so this didn't make any sense. And I sort of realized that after I was like, okay, actually, like what I'm experiencing doesn't make sense with me saying I'm an atheist because that just doesn't make sense with the actual stuff that I'm living., yeah. so I kind of like found my way back like I think people can believe in like one God if they want to. I think like organized religion can inflict a lot of like pain on the world sure. and stuff like that. but um, I don't know, like, have I taken any of it, with like, you. with me? Like, probably in subconscious ways, but not that I, not that I can say, I don't think. I don't know, which is weird. Like, probably, probably somewhere in there, but nothing that I can, like, pull out right now and be like, yeah, this is from Yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Interesting. So as you were getting more in touch with your spirituality and creating sort of, or determining your own system for how things work. What was like the stair steps leading you to where you are? If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So like listening a lot and reading books. Like what are other people saying about this? Like what makes sense to me? Type of thing. Um, yeah. Can and, you lead
1: me through that? Like lead me through that process a little bit of like how do you how are you weeding out what made sense and what didn't make sense?
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. So like I would listen to podcasts and people would be like, okay, so this reader has this question or something. Like let's answer this question or like okay heaven and hell I was immediately like "Eh, that just doesn't feel like it feels so this or that yeah so that was automatically for me like that's a no right (laughs) and so people like basically what I would do is I would listen to these podcasts and like read books and and then I would sort of take what I liked and leave what I didn't and so like a lot of that has to do with like who are our guides And what happens when we die and have we been here before and all that stuff. So like, I would say, yes, I believe that we have lived past lives. Like, I don't think this is most of our first time here, but I also like a lot of people who believe in past lives believe that you have a soul family who you pick and everybody before they come down, they like choose what act they're going to play. Basically, like Hmm. I'm going to be a shitty person in your life. And I just think... How that is a fine thought process when you have had like barely any trauma in your life or nothing deeply terrible has happened to you. But Mm -hmm. like somebody you're basically saying that somebody came down here and like chose to be abused or somebody came down here and chose to be an abuser. And I just cannot like, I just can't.
1: uh, Similarly to how I feel, you know, I was at a Buddhist retreat and I was learning more about how karma works and their sort of dhamma around that, their practices and teachings around that. And yeah, similarly, it didn't make sense to me because it was really creating a system where if you were rich and beautiful and healthy, it was because you were spiritually good. And I'm simplifying things for any Buddhists out there, but... And then the opposite of that would be that, okay, well, the poor people and the ugly, sickly people <laughs> have done something in a past life to deserve their lot.
0: Right. And I'm like, just oh, feels... that sucks. Yeah. But it also
1: makes it harder for those people to get better when they're like at such a detriment to start right. with. It feels just
0: feel... so victim blamey to me. Yeah. And it just feels like, eh. Like, so yeah, I, I reject that. And I know a lot of people really believe that. That's fine. I'm not here to tell you what to believe yeah. or what not to believe. But for me, I'm just like, no. Yeah. So, yeah, so listening and just in my own head thinking, like, does this make sense? Yeah. And I think that is a really important thing to do in the spiritual community because... I struggle with that a lot. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a follow-up, but continue. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, like, in the spiritual community, I think, like, a lot of us leave organized religion to, like, find freedom in spirituality and, like, the ability to do more with our minds and, like, whatever. But then a lot of other structures are created within spirituality, like, that type of thing. And it's just, like... Eh, didn't we all leave to not experience this, yeah. you know? So,
1: yeah. I think yeah. something from my childhood and religious upbringing and exploration of myself, you know, I liked having a sense that there was some objective truth out there or a system that I could follow and be right in. Cause being right is a very attractive quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of what I'm trying to do now is, deconstruct the box that i've put belief in because i feel like often in my life i've seen humanity as everyone has sort of a hole inside of them that they are looking to fill with faith practice of some degree and in my mind it's always been like okay we have christianity competing for this and judaism and islam or or whatever trying to compete for this one hole but why why does it have to be this finite thing why can't it be all inclusive and select But then the follow-up for me is like, well, then I'm just creating my own reality and my own rules. And how do I know that I'm doing things that that are actually making me a good person rather than just like uh, enabling my selfishness? Mm. How how do you deal with that? Because that's definitely something that I am struggling with as I'm trying to deconstruct Mm -hmm. my religious practice and and, and adapt to something more holistic.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel like the essence of your question is like, am I making this all up? Is that kind of right? Not making
1: it all up, but... Picking and choosing what works the best based on how you feel.
0: Yes, yes, I I hear you. So yeah, I definitely, that's something I struggle with too. Like I think knowing the answers is something that organized religion can give you. It can be like, yes, we know. And if you listen, this is the answer. So that can be really comforting to people. So yeah, when you sort of like get back into this big wide world of non-organized religion and like general spirituality, yes, it can feel really like, oh, wait what is real like what is true right um and I think that sort of just goes back to we are all trying to live our truth and that sometimes truth can be like a little bit more subjective than we think Hmm. like everybody's reality like we're all connected I really see it as a spider web really like every single one of us is like intrinsically connected all the way down to our like you know tiny little subatomic
1: are you talking atoms. spirituality or yeah. just or physical
0: yeah I mean both I mean they're, I mean, they're kind of connected things? yeah so I just think that sometimes like the human experience is so messy yeah so <laughs> it's like we're all gonna believe different things and there kind of has to just be this comfort in just one being able and allowed to say I don't know yet yeah uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, and that is so hard. Like oh my gosh, it's just something that. But it's also something time, that I've so found so much comfort in. Yes. Oh my gosh. Me too. I have found so much comfort in that. Like I would say like the past year and a half just being like I don't know yet or I don't yeah. know and I might never know. And I just feel like oh, that might bug people to no end some types of personalities but for me i'm just it like it would have for me yeah number of years ago right so i just feel like i'm okay with that now just being like well i'm not sure but right now this is what makes sense to me it's and it's so much more peaceful it is so peaceful and the other thing is you can change your mind like i know in this day and age it's and so embarrassing change to change your mind or like <laughs> flip flop in quotes or whatever but like that is what life is about it's about having experiences understanding something and maybe changing your mind because you have that experience you mm. know what I mean so I think we should all be allowed to change our minds and, and, sure. I, and
1: I hope it's something that we can shift to not just being allowed but like being supported and encouraged to do yeah. that like, because I feel I like want it's to such a gotcha moment
0: sometimes people are like ha you used to say this and now you say that and it's, right. like, it's like yeah, yeah I've I lived for years and now I know I'm
1: so sorry that I'm changing Right, adapting over I hate
0: that yeah so I think in society <laughs> we really need to like all calm the fuck down and just like allow each other to like change our minds and be okay with that and like also be okay with not knowing so i don't know if that really answered the question no that's
1: that really is helpful yeah i I really like that at the same time is there anything as you've been exploring this realm that you're just like calling big bullshit on is there anything that like scream not to like at anyone yeah but yeah
0: no for me it is definitely like what i mentioned like coming down in in groups and like predetermined roles I just think, like, you can you can come here and say, like, I want to learn empathy. Oh, just
1: the soul group. Yeah, soul groups. Okay.
0: Like, I, you know, yeah, we've probably, like, been with a bunch of people in our past lives. Like, we like that energy and, and stuff like that. But I just really don't think, like, it just pisses me off to no end that somebody would, that people are saying that somebody would choose to come here and, like, be deeply, deeply abused and hurt yeah. and... And then, and then on the other end, you're saying the person who did that, well, they chose to do that. There's a reason for that. It's like, no, they're just a fucking shitty ass person with terrible, low vibrated energy and they're <laughs> dense as fuck and they should go to hell. Like, that's what, like, I really do, like, I just hate that. I really, I just can't, I don't think I'm ever going to, I mean, so I'm saying that but now I might change yeah. my mind in like five years. I might have some sort of experience where I realize that that's true, but yeah, I just really think. I just can't jive with that at all. So that's probably my biggest. And like also charging an insane amount of money to work with a spiritual practitioner. Like we all got to live. We all got to buy our bread at the grocery store and stuff and like get our little treat coffee and stuff. So like I get charging money for this stuff. I'm going to be doing that at some point. But Um, just charging like an insane amount of money that could be like all or half of somebody's paycheck for like a one hour session. If you're doing like a long program, like weeks or months long, okay, I get it. You're charging a lot of money, but hourly rates that are just an insane amount of like $400. $400, I'm like that, like, whoa, you better be, you better be delivering me just like, I better hear words from
1: my life god be himself my, yeah
0: my life better be i better walk outside the sky is purple <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think it'd be interesting to hear you interview someone who does charge a lot and just ask them right yeah. out, but like honestly why do you do this
0: but like maybe yeah and at the same time like i'm thinking about that like yeah i'm talking shit right now and, and you'll get to a point in your maybe life i'll get the, right a i hour. hope not i really hope not but i hope
1: not like the more, the better we get at what we do and the more secure we are the higher of a moral standard that we need to hold ourselves mm-hmm.
0: to totally and i think that yeah i don't know it just doesn't sit right with me and like it's fine like there's so much that goes into that like abundance mindset like maybe i'm in just in a mindset that's like who would pay that price for me maybe sure. that's my subconscious thought process right now you know so i'm willing to be able to maybe. change my mind on that but yeah it just feels like i don't like the word exploitative isn't right but it just feels I like a you. little bit just doesn't like work with my energy or something yeah, i just feel I, like no, i, I want to deliver value to people for an amazing <clears throat> price that they feel like wow i got so much out of that for the price that i paid not like wow i paid four hundred dollars for an hour and i i'm not sure what i got out of that because e- even that that's price just tag... my personal opinion nobody yeah. come for me nobody come <laughs> for me in the comments
1: <laughs> also your venmo is <laughs> my venmo is <laughs> they Okay, I want to get back into your history a little bit more. I keep going off the deep end. That's okay. Was there ever and feel free to say no to this question if you want. But was there any time in your life where you were like distinctly unsupported or like did it ever harm your relationships? Like coming into terms with who you are as a person and this new aspect, did has it hurt any of your relationships?
0: Um Not that I, there was some people that I was definitely afraid to say it to, um, like, people who also grew up in the church and who I was just, like, I don't really know what their point of view would be. People who don't believe in God at all, like, are atheists, so I was like, oh, they might just, like, think that I'm having an episode, like, that type of thing. And every time I was afraid, I was proven wrong. Like, everybody has been, like, if they're not, like, outwardly, like, cheerleading me, that they are still in my life and are still, like, that's cool that you're doing that, like, good for you. If that's what makes you happy, I'm going to support you. And I, that's like all I can ask for, you know, like, I remember when my parents listened to the podcast for the first time, I was like, they got home from somewhere and they're like, we listened to some episodes of your podcast in the car. And I was like, what? (laughs) And they were like, yeah. And then both of them were just like, that's really interesting. You know, Mm -hmm. like, and they started explaining how it makes sense to them from their point of view in their religion. And I just thought that was so cool yeah I was like cool like yeah you keep your religion and I can still do this and be okay and I I feel really lucky that my husband who is like super grounding presence for me and can be a lot more when I say grounding like I'm much I'm like up here I'm like up in the the sky all the time and you know he's like a lot more like organized and um analytical than me or matter of fact and I at some point, like he has seen so many ghosts in his life, so I knew he like believed in it. Hmm. But when I started doing like the actual classes to do it, I was like, oh, I wonder if he like is gonna, like, what's he's gonna think of this? And he's just been like super supportive, so mm-hmm. that's been great. But yeah, we've shared a lot of ghost like experiences in our own. Have life.
1: you just ever just... both seen the same thing? We have together.
0: both seen <laughs> the seen the same oh, ghost no. ten no. years apart. No, this is my favorite story and this is like my proof that ghosts are real okay so a long time ago and also if you guys are interested and you want to hear the story told from my husband's point of view I forget what episode it is but I have an episode called living with a psychic or psychic medium or something and that's where my husband and I tell the story together oh, cool. but what I will say is he saw this ghost in his family house's kitchen and it was wearing like a trench coat and a big hat and he saw this when he was in like I don't know middle school or something and he was like Ugh. and then I was in that house like years later when we were in college and I was walking out and it was like walking out of the house, of the house like so I was coming back and like <laughs> walking through the not through the kitchen but past the kitchen it's like a galley kitchen and I looked to my left and I saw a man standing in the kitchen and he was wearing a hat and a trench coat And I was like, what a weird outfit for his dad to be wearing at this time of night. (laughs) So I, like, thought it was his dad. (laughs) So, like, the next day I texted him and was like, oh, I think I, like, did I see your dad in the kitchen last night or something? He was like, no, what are you talking about? And I was like, I saw a man in the kitchen. And he was like, what? And I was like, I saw a man in the kitchen. He was wearing, like, a hat and a trench coat. And he was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, no, I'm not kidding you. And he was like, that's a ghost that lives in my house that I saw 10 years ago. Like, crazy.
1: That's awesome.
0: I love that story because he had never told me about it before and we both saw the same thing he was wearing the same yeah i just love it i just love that story
1: that's so cool and i feel like i don't hear about that stuff that often yeah yeah i had an interesting one well i had never seen a ghost i've definitely i'm big on people's energy and and i'm not very experienced with vibrations but like I don't know. I go biking a lot and I'll pass people. and am like, mm, yeah, that's a, that's a cool person. I'm like, I don't want to talk to this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but anyway, the the most like charged atmosphere I've ever been in was my grandma's second floor. It was like this old like 80s, 70s wood paneling, mm-hmm. very dim, hadn't been renovated ever. But no one would go up there. Like there were rooms up there, but like no one would ever stay in there. Like even when my uncle would come to visit, he had a room up there called Johnny's Room. But he would only sleep on the couch downstairs. Mm. And no one ever talked about it. Like, this is a family of such deep secret. Yeah, the second floor was always kind of creepy. And, like, I would go up there and the, I would get chills. The hair on the back of my neck would stand up. I just
0: got chills. Yeah. Saying that.
1: Um, and, like, the whole family knew about it, but no one would talk about it. And they called the ghost, oh, they, Frank, maybe. They just were like, yeah, he's he never does anything. He's just there. He's just like a spirit that chills up there. Mm. We don't know. Yeah. But this is also a family that would like, they did Ouija boards up there and like locked the up. Oh, Mom so they in the invited him up there. There, there were in. There oh my God. See, that's the thing.
0: I am afraid of Ouija boards, I have to say. Yeah.
1: I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll ask you more about that. But with, with Frank, the, the family has now moved out of the house. Like, my grandparents passed away a couple years ago. And uh, we don't have associations with the house anymore. But as we were digging through records and sorting things out, we found out that my grandfather had built the second floor, like, commissioned it to be constructed back when they were first moving in in like 1950 something or whatever. And during the construction, one of the workers died on the second floor. And no one had known about this. So we were like, okay, Holy well, shit. that's maybe oh where my things God, started. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. <sighs> I just have like goosebumps now. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's real creepy. Real, real creepy.
0: Whoa. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely that guy. He's definitely yeah. like, I died here. This is where I stay. Yeah. It
1: was, yeah. That, but that's the most like, well, I've had other ghost experiences too, but, or similar spiritual experiences. Uh, so I want to talk tools of the trade. You've, you've mentioned that Ouija boards you're not super cool with, but uh-huh. I know like you're yeah. dipping into like crystal work or like so what are what are the tools that you have dabbled in and what's worked and what hasn't?
0: Yeah, I love crystals. I mostly use crystals for focusing my energy. So I, I don't yeah, I think some crystals are I think crystals are really powerful for that. like intention setting, reminding you of things. I have my little crystal grid set up right here that you can see it's for abundance. So, um, yeah. Now, does
1: it have to be a crystal or or is the power just in the symbolism of, like, this is what I'm dedicating toward this energy or this reminder?
0: That's the big question. That's, like, the big debate. So, some people believe, like, yes, each crystal is imbued with a certain energy frequency. Hmm. And, like, I can totally see that. Like, we are all, we are, every single thing is vibrating energy. If you... Listen to, like, quantum physics and stuff. Like, that is
1: true. Everything gives off a frequency. We are all...
0: Like, we are electricity. Like, what makes our heartbeat is Mm -hmm. electricity. Like, so we are all, like, balls of energy. So why wouldn't crystals and, like, other things made of the earth have energy as well? So I definitely believe... Where where I kind of question is, like, where do these beliefs about each crystal come from? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah. Like, I like to use them for centering and, like, knowing... Setting intentions, but yeah, like I'll also use a crystal grid, which this one has really worked for me. I I, I got two freelance clients right after I built this grid.
1: Right? So it's an abundance grid and we're looking at it right now yeah. in the room. Yeah. I would do a horrible job of naming these crystals, but I yeah. see two black ones, one big center white crystal. Yeah, so this is a clear, Some, like, a clear quartz,
0: which everybody says like clear quartz. You can really sort of like program to whatever you want. It's like a programmable stone. So like mm. for that one, I was like abundance, 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 right? Boom. Okay. Then I've got citrine and amethyst and a little green aventurine, which is like all stuff for like abundance and stuff. And then my black stones around are sort of to like protect that grid. Okay. Um. So those are like protection stones. Why do you call it grid? i don't know that's just what it's called it's, a crystal it's grid. What, what,
1: it, yeah. what, what people term it as. that's just what
0: people call it okay. i'm calling it that too <laughs> so yeah i use like crystals in that way um like i have actually um you can see my little hawthorn tincture so hawthorn is like historically a flower and herb that like celtics people used to use to basically like thin the veil and speak to like you know Dead people on the other side. So okay. I, I use that, I like drop a few drops in my mouth before I do readings. Oh. Um, so, and I also just think that helps trigger my body to be like, okay, we're raising our vibration and we are going to be connecting.
1: Yeah. I'm big on ritual and like connecting yes. and finding those Yeah, So yeah.
0: I'll use that. I really like that. It's kind of like, uh, you know, in the past like nine months, it's like a new thing for me. And then I'm not big on tarot. I have to say like the hmm. first thing I ever bought was a tarot deck um, to sort of start dabbling in this. And I don't know, it just didn't really speak to me that much. And I didn't feel compelled to learn a lot about it. But I do have an oracle deck, which I absolutely love. And I feel like our, we get along, me and the oracle deck get along so well. And I'm really able to channel amazing messages from people's guides, um, from their higher selves. Well, through... What's the difference
1: between an oracle deck and a tarot card? So, so
0: tarot is like very rigid in the way it's not rigid but it's like you know you have the pentacles you have the cups you have like all the different types and the archetypes like it's it's a really old way of reading okay um and then oracle decks can all be different like they'll have little words and phrases on them and little uh like pictures and stuff and every oracle deck is different every like message on an oracle card is different does that make sense? So, like tarot but it's still decks, a set deck. hmm It's still a set deck, but they really don't. I mean, they can go together. I think mine go together really well, but um, it's basically just another way to divine messages. But tarot is like a much more structured, in my opinion, hmm. way to divine them. Maybe that's why I, it doesn't work for me because I'm just like a less structured person. Interesting. But, You'll yeah, have to show I, me afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Like oracle cards, basically, like you can use them to ask tons of different types of questions. Like I, a lot of the time, ask like, what do Like, what's a message from my guides right now? Or what, like, if I'm reading somebody, it's like, what's a message from, I usually have them say it out loud and then we'll get the card. So I'll read the card and then messages will start coming through from that too. So I'll read this and I'll be like, okay, what do I need to, like, my mind's eye will focus on something on here. What's the important thing? And then I'll start seeing stuff that, like, helps confirm and okay so, flesh so the cards are kind of a,
1: a, a medium in and of themselves yes. Yeah,
0: yeah they're just cool. like they're just a way to divine more information so how I, long
1: have you been working with oracle cards
0: um i have only had this deck i think since january
1: okay i was gonna say because i don't remember uh, yeah talking
0: about that yeah before. so i i That's these cool. are new for me yeah and then i just started working with recently a pendulum but i'm not like i just don't know how i'm gonna use it yet so i have a pendulum do i use it much no
1: have you experimented with other modalities?
0: These are my main ones right now. I feel like I haven't quite found like my exact niche yet. And I feel like it's out there. I just like don't yet know what it is. Hmm. Um, and I also like, and, and kind of a purist in a way where I really do enjoy just channeling messages through myself. I am the medium, yeah. which is why I'm called a medium, yeah. right? So like using myself as a medium, channeling messages through like clairvoyance and clairaudience are my main too. That's so, cool.
1: Yeah, lots of you, tools. You um you mentioned you don't like Ouija boards. What's what's your experience and like intuition there
0: well i've never used them before and this is a this is sort of a holdover from my religious upbringing it was always like i don't know yeah never contact a wayward spirit (laughs) and like everybody basically like all my the teachers and like people were like basically on a ouija board you're just connecting with like wayward spirits which is like yeah i get it you shouldn't just be inviting any random spirit to connect with you like when Mm -hmm. i connect as a medium i'm saying i'm connecting with luke's loved ones luke's people on the other side nobody else like no other rando earthbound is gonna come right right so like ouija boards to me like a lot of people use them without setting any intentions they're just like so yeah anything can fucking come through so that's like i don't know maybe you can use them with intention setting an intention which is super important but yeah for me it's just like a little holdover from my conditioning of of
1: just like not Do you not feel like connecting. it could be used safely or like...
0: Yeah, I think that it can. Like, I, I do think like, I think other witches and like spiritual people do use them, but it's like really mainstream. And I think people just like...
1: A lot of stigma around it. Yeah.
0: That. So yeah, I mean, it's just not for me, but I think other people do use them and that's yeah. fine. Well, like, I, you're not going like, to find me like, in like a group Ouija board thing, <laughs> like, no way. <laughs>
1: I've heard of people, like, making their own with just, like, an alphabet and, mm-hmm. like, a little dot. And
0: yeah, I stuff. mean, that's the thing about, like, divining information. I could take anything in this room and create a system for it and divine information that way. Does that make sense? So, like, in high school, what <laughs> I used to do is like, I'd have my little Apple music playlist. Not, it wasn't Apple music back then. It was just, like, downloaded music, yeah. you know? And I would, like... iTunes. Yeah, iTunes, yeah. yeah. I would shuffle through it and be like, okay, the next song is a message for me. or Like, the next song means something. And, and I would, like, pull a message from it. So, like, that is a type of divining. I just, like, didn't know that I was doing that. And I used to love to do that. And yeah. I still use music a lot. Like, a lot of the time music will come through. Um, my guides have communicated to me very sassily through music before. So, um, yeah. There's just so many ways to ever, get info. Do
1: you ever think there's a... With, with maybe someone less practiced or experienced than you in... Is there a danger in trying to divine something where there might not be divination. Like I remember as a kid being like, okay, if I hear a noise in my room in the next 15 seconds, it means that X, Y, or Z, you know, is that, is that always useful or are there dangers in, in that?
0: Um, Well, I love that you used to do that, first of all. (laughs) Um, I think we all use, like, cool little psychic tools in our whole lives and we never realize it, so I just want to mention that. But I think there is a little bit of danger in becoming, like, too reliant on trying to get every ounce of information at all times. Like, if you were pulling a card every day to see how your spouse feels, just talk to your spouse, (laughs) you know? If you are um, using your pendulum to figure out which route you need to take to work or what what hamburger you need to eat at the grocery store or something you know what I mean like calm down
1: let's raise the stakes a little yeah. bit. Like, like, yeah like
0: I think you're not really trusting your intuition when you're doing that because you're asking for like for something else to tell you that's a good point so it's like or
1: when it's just anxiety driven right or yeah
0: so like really using discernment when you are either like using magic or when you are using divination tools. Like, I don't, like, it's cool, it's fine to pull a tarot card or an oracle card to learn more about your deck every day. Um, I just think daily, it's just, for me, it's too much. Like, there's some, uh, for me, there's a little joy in not knowing. Like, I don't want to know, I don't want my whole life to be not a surprise. Like, surprise me, you know? So, yeah, I just, it's okay to not know sometimes. Mm. So, yeah, I think there is, like, a little bit, you can get a little bit, not addicted, but a little bit reliant on I really
1: like that. tools. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, let's
0: step back. Like
1: yeah, kind of having a higher bar for yourself of what you need it for. Yeah. Rather than just like the instant gratification. Right. And I can usually
0: tell when I'm feeling like really like fuzzy in the head and just feeling like pulled a thousand different ways and feeling like I don't know what to focus on and, and and feeling like I'm not really hearing from my guides that much. It's like, okay, well, maybe it is time for me to pull a card. But I'll tell you a great mm-hmm. story. I pulled an Oracle card the other day because I was feeling that way like last week or something. And I pulled, th- and this deck has been so great for me. Like I love using it. And I basically, it's always made sense to me. Yeah. And I pulled a card and I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. And I pulled another one to try to clarify. And it also made no sense to me. And I was like, basically, I was like, all right, well, fuck this, like. My <laughs> powers
1: are gone.
0: Yeah, or it's basically like, okay, well, why, like, because I was kind of asking my guides through the cards, so I was like, okay, well, why aren't you giving any me anything useful? Which was so bitchy of me, but and then I had like some no one so of my sassy to you One of my guides came through and was like, well, maybe if you showed up more in meditation, <clears> these <throat> would make more sense. And I was like. <gasps> so i started showing up more in meditation sure and maybe that's what i needed to do but um but yeah so i don't remember what the point of that story was but yeah so
1: not over relying or trying to force something right maybe it means something else
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so just a funny little story for you not even all psychics have it all
1: figured out buttoned out yeah i'm I'm Um, definitely more like drawn to people who have built in humility with stuff anyone who is like I have 100% the answer. Like, my way is the truth. Like, you're welcome. Yeah. That just doesn't work for me. How could it be? Like,
0: how could it be? I just feel like there's... I don't know. I think I'm just at the point where I just know that there's more than one truth in the world. Hmm. Like, two things can be true at the same time. A thousand things can be true at the same time. Because there's like a billion hundred thousands of people. Yeah. There's so many people on this earth. Like, we are all we're all like the main character in our own story. We're all the hero in our own story. So like each person's perspective is going to change their truth. And I think like that, I mean,
1: people's truth, I feel like is, is a sort of like hot phrase. It's like definitely a hot phrase, which I don't
0: really want to use, but like, are there some universal truths out there? I think probably like, should you murder and hurt people? No, that's probably a universal truth. Like, there's not really a lot of excuse for that okay so you're, some, you're definitely
1: talking more like I'm talking like truth.
0: big yeah spiritual truth like, it's not
1: like gravity works for me doesn't no work, no
0: right. yeah no no not not like that like I'm a science girl here okay science is cool <laughs> and there's definitely way more we can learn like um, there's a lot more like I feel like science has just scratched the surface honestly like there's so much more cool shit that we can do with yeah. observation and like learning about our world but yeah I'm talking about like spiritual truths i'm not okay, talking about okay. like no i just want to make no sure. i don't believe in gravity or like i don't believe in human rights like no we, we believe in those things so i'm yeah i'm talking more spiritual truths gotcha. um, so yeah that's why i think we can get so many like i believe this but i don't believe that or you can get so many people like who work with the same type of energies like like they work with earth energy but earth energy feels very different for them than it does for you you know what i mean like we all approach things from our own perspective
1: work with, okay wait can we what do you mean earth energy versus different like elemental elemental energy yeah like a
0: lot of people work with different elemental energies and uh, or like we could talk about reiki or something like reiki might feel really like doing reiki on someone might feel really different for for one practitioner to another Do you know what i mean no like so, so do you know what reiki is yeah okay Vaguely. Cool. vaguely yeah okay right so um like for somebody doing reiki after a session they might feel really full of energy. They might be like bouncing off the walls. Like, yeah, somebody else does a Reiki session and they feel tired and like they need a nap, hmm. right? So like you're doing the same energy modality, but you're affected by it in a different way. Oh. I think that's because of your perspective. Like that's because of who you are, you know? Different truths. Different truths. Daily. Like right. some yes. people might have
1: the same Reiki done to them, but they will react differently to Right, it. yes, like, exactly. I one time I... Um, I had got acupuncture done. Uh, but I was driving back from it and I was so fucking angry. I have no idea why. <laughs> really? and like, I'm I'm am I'm not I'm a happy, optimistic, bubbly kind yeah, of person. Yeah. But I was driving back, I'm like, I'm gonna fucking scream right now. So I was just like driving my car, just yelling like red right in the face, no idea why. But it was such a good energy release. Fascinating. And I don't know what exactly happened in my acupuncture session yeah. session to make that happen. Yeah, but it, whoa. It did. It but was so you weird.
0: probably needed that to happen.
1: Right.
0: <sighs> you probably needed to just like,
1: yeah, you know, well, I think this is a little peek behind the curtain into my life, but I, I, I'm coming more to terms with that. I do think I am an angry person and I grew up in a very like sad, dominated household and family structure where sadness was communicated and understood, mm-hmm. but no one was ever angry or like reacted with that. It was always sadness. So I always understood sadness and kind of just like assumed that was my sort of negative output. But I, I think I'm a more angry person, and I'm okay with that, and, and I'm glad to realize that, and it's going to be an interesting exploration in my life.
0: That is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, because like my view of you has always been like really happy, excited, encouraging. Like oh, and I definitely you know, am. oh, and you are. I'm not saying you're not yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. it is interesting. Like yeah, we are all. Yeah, below our surface, we all have so much else going on. Yeah. And I, like, love that. Mm -hmm. It's so cool to think, I don't know, I'm definitely the type of person that wants to give, like, almost everyone the benefit of the doubt. I think we all should do that a little bit more. But because, yeah, like, none of us know, like, what is deeply going on with somebody. Also, isn't it so interesting to, like, discover something like that about yourself? Yeah.
1: Well, and that's why I really like like your mentality around your spiritual practice and your psychic abilities. Because... I do feel like there are some people out there, not necessarily charlatans, but people who... There are
0: charlatans, though. We will say that. Well, we'll talk
1: about charlatans for sure. But people who are just looking for an external sign or like trying to just solve this one little thing or, you know, more uh, manipulative sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But hearing you talk about it and based on your experience, it seems like so much of it is about self-exploration and understanding who you are your spiritual journey and yeah, how you react as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the healthiest form that this can take.
0: Yeah, I and think I so. Appreciate the, that. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate hearing that because yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, I just feel so uh, about like telling people that like, this is how it is. And yeah. like, why wouldn't it be unique to all of us? Or like,
1: because it's such a charged atmosphere when you're like getting this intimate, in a reading or something. And there's mm. a very real opportunity for people to, for the psychics or mediums to tweak things so that the person they're talking to needs to come back, yeah, I hate. He needs that. to have yeah. another session in order to solve something.
0: I was just talking to an old coworker of mine yesterday, and she was like, "Every psychic I go to, like, they always tell me I should come back for this or this or that." And I was like, "Ew, you're going to the wrong psychics. Like, yeah. nobody should be telling you to come back. Like, honestly, if I give you a reading, I don't want to see you for at least six months. You know? Do you think I don't that know. if
1: you started behaving more like that? I would assume that your spirit guides would hold you like accountable to some degree. So, how do you see the people who are doing that not being like, uh, I don't know, pushed or swayed by their spirit? people
0: well I think sometimes we were really blocked from our guides and I think like when you go into the spiritual space and you decide to be a charlatan and like you just decide to like some people do like they might be psychic but if they're doing super fear-based readings that's like oh you have like an entity on your right side that's just not going away and like yeah. you should come back and, and we'll clear it and after that you'll just need some maintenance sessions after that and like all this stuff or like you're going to you're gonna experience some really – some hardship in the next three weeks. So I think it's best if you come back and we'll try to predict <laughs> for the next three weeks what you're going to be going through. Yeah. Like, ew. So –
1: This is going to take a six-week process yeah, twice a week.
0: Uh, right. So unless you sign up for something that you're like, I want to do shadow work with this person. Like, you you should never have somebody who's just telling you, like, you must do my program. Should always be the opter – the sitter should always be the person that opts in, you know. So, um, where was I going with this? I just lost the, <laughs> lost the, um,
1: talking about, uh, my... oh, are they
0: blocked from their guides or like, I think they are blocked a little bit from their guides. And I also think their information just probably isn't as accurate. Yeah. That's you what know, I like there's assume. like, there's not as clear. There's probably not as much clarity. Like I, I would, I would describe it as a, what's coming to me right now is a, you know, when you taste a really high and a real high quality olive oil. Mm, and yeah, it yeah. tastes really different Dude, I went to Spain, from the regular like... olive oil yeah. that is what i would describe it as hmm. somebody who's really clear with their guides and is not using fear-based tactics and isn't trying to just get people back in the door for money their reading is going to be like a high quality olive oil and it is going to feel really good and the information is going to be accurate yeah. and all that and when it's not it's probably the reading probably going to feel like you got a little bit less out of it. And you're going to walk away feeling afraid. If you ever walk away from a reading, feeling afraid, you should never go back to that Mm. reader. And so, like, I will say like, even for me, not all of my readings that I do for people are the most incredibly amazing, high quality olive oil. Like some of them, the connection is just like a little bit not as there. Right. So I think that depends too. So I'm not saying like, just because you walk away,
1: yeah,
0: like feeling like, it wasn't the most amazing reading of your life that that person sucks. But if you walk away fearful, that person probably sucks.
1: Well, have you ever had a reading done or have you ever done a reading for someone that you felt like, oh, afterward you were just like, maybe I was trying to force this or like it was a low quality kind of read or you were bringing too much of yourself into it and not being as much of a medium as you would like. Yeah. What's the, what's yeah, the,
0: I think definitely like, I really think it depends on your connection with spirit the and like how well you connect with the person sitting across from you. So yeah, like not all, like I've had readings where I felt so connected and the the information has flowed so easily and it's really accurate and all that. And I've had, I have had some readings where the information flows a little bit more slowly. It's per, It's accurate, but the person isn't as like, it doesn't, like it resonates, but not like super deeply, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, yeah, so there's... There's a spectrum of types of readings that can happen. But, uh, yeah, it definitely happens where, um, you know, it's not as potent as you would hope. And, like, that might be about me a little bit. It might be about the sitter a little bit. Probably about both of our connection to each other. What headspaces we're both in. Obviously, I try to get super clear before any reading. But, yeah, it definitely happens. And it kind of sucks when it happens. But it's inevitable to be, like, a perfect reader all the time. So, we all have to be okay with being wrong. I will say that too. Like you're not going yeah, to, everything you hit is like, everything you, you get is not going to be like a hit that's like super duper spot on. It might, it might be a hit, but you might be describing it wrong. It might be a hit, but you, you're interpreting it differently. Like, like one reading I did, I was like, oh, I'm seeing a spade. And I think this means like, you're going to have to really like start getting in the dirt of your this or this or that. And she was like, oh, well, I work at a garden center. So I could have just said, I'm getting a spade. Do you work at a garden center? <laughs> but I was interpreting it really deeply and I didn't need to do that. Mm. So yeah, like that type of stuff can happen too. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well,
1: we only have a little bit of time left, but there were a couple of terms that you threw out that I wanted to like quick touch on. And maybe you've talked about this in other podcasts, so we don't need to like rehash old material. Right. But you mentioned magic and you mentioned shadow work and those are yeah. both, I mean, magic's a huge thing. Magic is a huge so topic. So maybe we can save that for a future yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah. So Um, shadow
0: work has definitely been something I have been called to do. I think everybody should do it. I have a great shadow work episode with Kristen. I forget the episode number, but it's literally called shadow work with Kristen Ramazana. So if anybody's interested, go listen to that. But yeah, shadow work is basically like diving into your deep subconscious and integrating it so that it doesn't hold you back anymore. Like that's the easiest way that I like you might with the anger stuff, like you might be able to get a lot of, a lot of shit worked out out of shadow work. Mm. So um, a lot of the time, it's done through meditation. So you can meditate through and like find yeah. things in your shadow, and sort of like unconditionally love them to to like grease the wheels, basically. Yeah. And I think it's really important. I've been super called to like start doing that, and I That's think we're awesome. gonna see like overall people starting to feel the itch to start yeah like really diving. well genes, you can hear so. that in like
1: psychology and therapy is connecting with like your inner child to mm-hmm.
0: like yeah inner child and su- shadow work like
1: yeah
0: really go hand, hand in hand, hand so. that's awesome yeah
1: yeah but as as we get to a close here is there anything that you want to say to any like first-time listeners out here because i know that if i'm going to explore a podcast I might want to go and find the one that where they're talking about their experience first. And I can imagine someone after this podcast being really excited to dive into something. Are there any like words of caution you want to give any people or like instructions on how to do this safely or any other like big takeaways that this is someone's first thing they listen to of yours?
0: Yeah. I would say go into it with uh, excitement and the expectation that nothing bad is going to happen to you because I think that's a good expectation to set. Um, And don't be stupid. That's a really good thing. Like, so don't be going and looking for wayward spirits. I would say that the first step I think is a really good one is establishing a connection with your guides. They're just going to be able to help you a little bit more through all this. Ground yourself, protect yourself. I have an episode on psychic protection that just, it's really short. I think it's like 15 minutes. So go ahead and listen to that. And an then like dive guides? in. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll be guides. doing one soon. Oh, cool. Because so,
1: yeah. I, I love the idea of spirit guides. Yeah. Not yeah. something I had, like ever grew up with,
0: but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. So we'll be doing an episode on that soon. But yeah. Don't be stupid. Be excited. And um, three hundred. Never pay for $350 a for 1-hour session.
1: <laughs> in 2023 at least. We'll see
0: what inflation yeah. does. Yeah, in yeah. inflation <laughs> maybe in like 5 years that'll be 20 bucks. But yeah, nice. so Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you love the podcast and listen on Apple, please be sure to rate and leave a review. If you want more from opening the door follow along on Instagram at opening the door podcast. Have a question about psychic work or psychic development, email opening the door podcast at gmail.com. And you might have your question included in one of our future Q&A episodes.